In Gold Radio, the podcast training camp edition for 2022. We are up and running around the National Hockey League. And boy, is there some great battles for position, some incredible storylines to keep track of. And what about the gear that we're seeing? Darren Millard with you, along with the co-founders of In Goal Magazine, Kevin Woodley and David Hutchison. It feels a little bit, not Christmassy, but it does have a, an air of excitement about it, Hutch, being able to look at everybody back in action. Doesn't it? This is the time of year when everybody is busting out their new gear. We get to see the setups. And as uh, Kevin pointed out, the uh, reporters are back in dressing rooms now. So we're getting way more glimpses than we have in, in a while. And we get to see some fantastic new stuff. I don't know what you guys are thinking as to some of the favorite setups that you've seen, but I'm a parent, so I sort of got to go with that storyline. And Craig Anderson, I don't know if you saw the the report where he was talking about the gear and the fact that he let his, uh, I think it was 11-year-old, design the gear for him and just went with that. So, so somebody asked what he thought of it, and they sort of said, if you don't like it, you're going to have to take it up with my kid who designed it. So I think that is absolutely awesome. It's a set of Bowers, which is... Uh, all color. It's it's gold and blue to perfectly fit that Sabres setup. It's uh, big, it's bold, it's a fantastic design, and I love where it came from. So that's my favorite set uh, so far, Fire Boys. What are you thinking, Woody? Well, I, I got I to gotta add in there that there's a second set that he let his son design. He said that the red that's and black, right. for the, old, uh, the old Buffalo head jersey they're going to wear this year, uh, his son designed that as well. I said he just turned him loose on the Bauer website. So I, I'm with you. Like That's the best story so far from a gear side. I got to say, I think it's in Darren's backyard and in the locker rooms he's allowed into. Um, that Aiden Hill true set with the gold, like you might blind shooters with that thing. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not normally a big, like, you know, we know the rules and the white and everything. So that to me was the set that popped the most. I liked Alexander Georgiev, his true set. He went with three different Colorado colors on the outer roll. And then one interesting observation was Ilya Samsonov with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Basically, outer roll, solid blue. Outer roll, the blocker, solid blue. Like, and, and the note there is just white with a blue outer roll. But the note there is Curtis Sanford coming over from the Vancouver Canucks where that setup would not be allowed by the goalie coach Ian Clark. Clearly, Curtis isn't going to be as big a hard ass when it comes to rules about his gear because Samsonov basically provided a perfect frame of the outer edge of his gear, which is why they don't do it here in Vancouver. Interesting, too. I saw some comments online about, you know, tracking. That's nothing to do with that. It's all about framing the outer edge of your equipment so the shooter can basically tell where you end and the net begins faster than he might be able to do with the ambiguity of white. Whether we believe it or not, hey, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's why they do it. And so I thought it was interesting that a, an Ian Clark disciple coaching-wise uh, is letting that slide in Toronto. Great uh, idea to talk about this today because we have Chris Dreger on with our feature interview brought to you by Sensorina. He's not going to be playing uh, out of the gate uh, due to recovering from the uh, injury, but one of the sickest setups uh, last year, and we'll uh, we'll ask him uh, when we get a chance to talk to him whether or not he's going to change that up, uh, tweak it at all, or or go back to good old reliable. But uh, just uh, as we get going here, a flag, Woody, like challenge flag. When when we mention our favorite setups, and Hutch is awesome with that. You you go with like five different guys 
You you can't go around the league. It's very woody. <laughs> it's kind of what I do, isn't it? You ask me for one, I give you five. It's you know, I, I'm an ind- I listen. Nobody, my ass hurts. I sit on the fence so bloody hard, Darren. It's hard to do this. Uh, I like the uh, the Toronto set, uh, uh, Samsonov. I think that that was awesome. I because the inner part of the pad is blue, and if. If there's at all any type of turn, like it looks like it's it's bordered with blue, right? Uh, right. With the with the outside roll, so so that was pretty cool. Uh, and and the uh, that Aiden Hill set is it's not just gold, but it's shiny, reflective uh, gold, like those gold jerseys that that Vegas is now going to wear at home. And boy, will that ever look neat with the gold sweater and that gold setta? Uh, it's going to pop, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, you're not going to lose him. Uh, at all during the during the course of the game, uh, do you, Craig Anderson getting his, uh, his son to design it like that that is just just pure hockey that involves the modern part of the game along with like just being a dad hut. Yeah, I think, and that's one of the things that you know we're so distant from these athletes for the most part. I know it's one of the things that we try and do at In Goal is to give people a glimpse sort of behind the curtain, but uh, I think it's one of the things that allows players to to be brought a little bit closer to fans because we can relate to that and i i really enjoy that aspect of it and it just makes them feel like uh you know regular people not those athletes sitting up on a pedestal that they're doing the same sort of thing that we would love to do although i wonder how many beer leaguers out there if they got a chance to have brand new custom design gear would actually turn the keys over to their kids I guess uh, not a chance. Not, not many, <laughs> not many. Yeah. So, so nice job, Andy, for doing that, and uh, and for showing some real leadership. I love Aiden Hill's gear, guys, but that's that's a bold move coming into Vegas and putting on the gold pads, don't you think? It's Vegas. It's yeah, Vegas. No, it and, is. And, but and you're I following Flurry. Oh, I. They, they just they pop, and it's a different shade. Honestly, it's a different shade. Uh, yeah, of gold. I mean, in line with what I said about uh, Anderson, I think I appreciate him doing that because there's so much tradition and being deferential to people in hockey. It's nice that Hill just rides into town and yeah. does the right thing. Well, so, well, get, good, good. Let on me him. give you an example of deferential boys and not wanting to be too bold as much. As, so this is why I love Aiden Hills because it's big and it's bold. We do you guys remember Spencer Martin's mask here in Vancouver last year? Yeah, yep, right. Yeah, exactly. The chrome mask. Yeah. Guess what we're not going to see now that he's the backup of the Vancouver Canucks. The chrome mask is gone. He's back to a plain paint job. Just a couple. Of, it's, it's a nice setup. It matches his Bauer pads. He's sort of got the, the V-shaped blue and green stripes. And, and I, love, I love when guys coordinate their helmet design with the design on their pads and their gloves. And he's done that. But the chrome is gone. Um, just Any reason li- why? A little just a little too flashy for the team in terms of, you know, what they want out of their backup goaltender. So, you know, it's, uh, that's why I like Aiden Hill. So like, I'll, I'll take both sides of it. I get it. But here in Vancouver, they've gone more to that traditional side. And hey, we don't, we don't really want you jumping off the screen with that, uh, that uh, shiny helmet. Also, I want to mention that a lot of these guys have multiple sets that have either been manufactured or are in the process of being delivered. And uh, there's more to come as as we roll those. Not everybody's got their complete 2022-2023 kits. Uh, I know a couple of guys have like four different sets uh, for the year. Life, we, life we is hard. Different in the, setups, not just, not just sets of gear, but setups 
uh, yeah. for the year. Life is tough in the NHL, but as much as we're all sitting here jealous they're getting multiple sets, it is interesting to see how many are still waiting for new stuff. Um, supply chain issues are real, man, and they affect right up to the National Hockey League. Uh, it's a busy time of year, and, and, and even some of the domestic companies, it's hard to keep up with the demand at this time of year across all levels. Yeah, Logan Thompson got his uh, just in time for the first practice, literally just in time for the first practice. Uh, but good on uh, the true uh, group uh, for being able to deliver Aiden Hills uh, in time because that was a quick transfer over from San Jose. He's still got the old San Jose mask, but uh, he's got the uh, the, the Vegas uh, colors. Uh, we've got Chris Dreger. Uh, can't wait to get into that uh, and the gear with him in just a little bit. Uh, the gear segment brought to you by The Hockey Shop. Source for Sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com. Uh, we're dealing with uh, sizing some chesties as things uh, get dialed in over with Cam and company. Yeah, uh, just a quick hitter today with Cam, and, and I'm going to sort of... Throw a caveat out here. Quick hitter on the podcast, a little longer with the video. I think this is one that you should go and watch. So we actually recorded two separate editions. Try to keep it somewhat tight here on the podcast. And then a longer sort of version with more sort of illustrative purposes of Cam getting the tape measure out. Managed to keep him away from my inseam, thankfully. There was no sort of Joey Tribbiani episode of Friends going on there. Um, And yeah, it's amazing. Because I asked him, you'll hear me ask him what the number one problem is when fitting a chest protector. What's the most common mistake that people make, whether it's parents buying for their kids or beer leaguers like me. And guess what? I was going to make the same mistake. So let's go over to Cam, find out what that mistake is and how to get yourself measured properly to make sure the chest protector actually fits you in your game and just not just the picture you have in your mind of what that should be. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. I'm down here in Goalie Utopia with Cam Matwiv. We're surrounded by chest protectors, many different models, different brands, and you're wondering what's going on here. Well, the answer is Cam has a tape measure. Oh, I do. And that means it's time to figure out how to fit a chest protector. But before we get into how to use the tape measure, Cam, what's the most common mistake that goalies make, including me when I came in here earlier, looking for a new chest protector when it comes to picking the right size. Too big. Right off the bat, too big. Referencing potentially what they wore in the past, things like that. Assuming that sizing's one-to-one in a a brand itself, or even switching over and across brands. Everything changes. Unless you're like 100% getting the exact same unit as you currently have, it is worth it to remeasure, re-double check, and see exactly what you're Okay, and... The number one thing we see, as you said, too big. I came in here wanting an XL. We started the process with measuring me. Uh, where would be the first thing that you measure to sort of try and fit, figure out what I really need as opposed to what I want? So our measurement is always a bit of a gold standard uh, in terms of for, say, referencing sizing charts online and things like that. So starting even with a wrist-to-wrist measurement is a good starting point for figuring out exactly what you need. To dial that in a little bit more, I like shoulder to wrist. That way I can do it individually by arm of said unit that you are checking out to kind of cross-reference that and see where we line up. So, so we want to measure basically from roughly where we'd have our wristwatch on our shoulder all the way up to sort of the edge of the shoulder line, your, your shoulder cuff essentially, and get that measurement first. That starting point, the wristwatch is a good guideline, 
Uh, can we adjust that a little bit if we're if we know we've got a goalie that wants to wear it higher up his arm or maybe further into his glove? Can we can we adjust where we start that measurement? So point? my favorite units to fit off the wall, brand dependent, obviously, are going to be ones with adjustable arms. That does give us that leeway to have you know potentially a half inch, full inch, even upwards of three inches in terms of difference in terms of how that arm's going to fit. Um, being able to pull that up and help to dial that in. It also gives you at home some leeway. It's like, okay, did I measure 100% correctly? Am I a little bit off? Great. I made a slight mistake. No problem at all. We have that adjustment ability. Okay. So um, you can always find it online, which ones have that. At this point, most of them do. Correct. Um, but there might still be some older models and stuff that don't have that adjustment. I'm trying to think of brands. Is there anybody that doesn't have adjustable arms still? Is, is, has Vaughn moved to adjustable arms as well? Vaughn has an arm adjustment system. Um, basically, everybody... The one that has changed a little bit is Warrior, especially in their pro units, are a bit more stock laced in. They do require a little bit more dialing in per se, um, but there is still a level of adjustability there as well. So Okay, so within that adjustability, you still want to measure the arm. You want to make sure that matches. Obviously, how the elbow fits in the elbow crutch pad is important, both in terms of protection, because if you were to fall down and hit your elbow on the ice, you want to make sure it's in the pad, but also how that sort of you know, that elbow flex works properly. If the arm's too long, it'll push it into the shoulder, uh, your armpit, or it can push it into the glove. You got to make sure that fits. Other measurements? Well, uh, they call it chest and arms. So we covered the arm. Now we got to talk about the chest. How do we measure to make sure the body fits? So I usually, uh, like starting point collarbone down to what we would consider about belt line, but we're talking about, you know, waist in terms of where that chest is going to fall down or all line up when on your body itself. So, so basically, when you talk about collarbone, we're talking like not like not like off to the side, but right in the middle, sort of like that the top of the sternum, right below for guys the Adam's apple, correct, all the way down to basically you're like if you're wearing pants, a bell buckle. Obviously, not if I'm wearing pants because I pull them up like a ninety year old man. But ah. where where most normal people wear pants, That's right correct. down to the belt buckle. Yes. Uh, and now, what is going to also come into that factor of play? Do you like to wear your chest untucked, tucked in? how you wear it, how tight you are on it against your body. These are all some factors that are going to come into place. So like the measurement's great. It's a great starting point, but it isn't necessarily the be all end all, depending on how personal preference comes. So we measured me at 20 inches in terms of from same end, the arms, just a coincidence. I don't know. Maybe there's anatomics there that, uh, from the belt buckle to the, to that sort of top of that, that chest bone below the Adam's apples, 20 inches, the arms are 20 inches. Uh, if I'm looking at a chest protector online and I see that measurement sort of of the chest portion unit is only 19. I know unless I'm tucking that in, I'm going to be in trouble. That could be a little, that you could potentially be a little could have starting to have a bit of a gap. So some chest gaps do. are not good. As a guy who lost an appendix to a slap shot because of a gap, gaps are not good. You hit it here, folks. Make sure your belly's protected. Uh, yeah, a lot of the chest nowadays too, as well, are going to have different belly extenders. Um, that does come in to factor in transit for the measurement and how that does line up. All of them are velcroed on or removable. Um, so bellies even have a protection that can fold in and kind of disappear. the CCM axis too will fold in if you want it shorter. Correct. Yeah. So again, there is that leeway room. So yeah, you might come out at a 19 measurement for the chest, but in theory, I might be able to cover that extra inch by again, adjustments or added features to the chest. It's something, but the key is knowing the key is knowing what your measurement is, mm. how long that chest measures and whether, whether you have those options. If they've got questions for you about that fitting process, about how they measure it, uh, you suggest using basically a garment type tape measure, something that's soft because the rigid ones may not. Have someone help you out with this if you can. Yeah, tough to measure yourself. Um, any other questions they want to get a hold of you, make sure they're buying the right and size. not just me. Anybody down here will be able to help you out. Of course, where can they get you? 604-589-8299. And a little slower for the 1-800? 1-800-566-7890.
Or if you've got any other questions, check them out at thehockeyshop.com. That might be a little easier to remember <laughs> than all the numbers. <laughs> and don't forget, folks, this is the audio version. You can check out a complete video where Cam actually rolls that tape measure out. We keep away from my inseam, but we have a good time with the tape measure as we're getting ready to fit Kevin for a chest projector. Hey, guess what, folks? I wasn't the size I wanted. Good lesson from Cam and his crew here at The Hockey Shop. That's why we shop here. That's why you should too. The Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com. Make sure you get the chest that's right for you and the one that fits you properly. Give me one more hockey shop. The Hockey Shop. There the Hockey Shop.com. <laughs> Taylor tape. You don't hear that every day. Like Howie's tape. I love Howie's tape. Uh, but Taylor tape is uh, is a new spin on on everything. Boy, uh, dialing in that chesty is it's in integral to making that thing work. Yeah, and I gotta say, like like no exaggeration. Like I literally went in there thinking, oh, what's the difference between a large and an XL? I can just do an XL. I'll look a little bit bigger, have a little bit more room to move when it breaks in. And just again, the length of the arms. You know, we're doing things like pushing the bicep protector plate up into the armpit in a way that was clearly going to be uncomfortable over time. Uh, the range of motion wasn't the same. So it really is important uh, to get measured properly and not just chase the biggest sizes out there. Uh, we've got a special edition chest protector that'll be up next week with Cam uh, in our Hockey Shop gear segment, a source for sports exclusive, a Hockey Shop exclusive with a lot of pro beef protection and a certain Bauer model. You can actually if you're adventurous, go check it out on the website. Look under the Bauer mock model and look for a little hockey shop spec. But we'll get into that more next week. Hopefully, there'll be some left after I just tease it. Uh, and that's a good reminder that uh, whether it's you know off the rack, it's custom orders, and and you can do a lot of custom. We talk about the sizing. You can do a lot of custom orders with with chest protectors these days. Whether it's sizes, extra protection, or even colorways and custom graphics through Bauer. Make sure you check out Cam and his crew at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports, thehockeyshop.com. They still got the sale on the back to hockey sale. So there's some great prices uh, on older models. They've got everything that's new still coming in. We'll have the Bauer Optic 3 in shortly. We'll be talking about that. So as the new stuff comes in still and the old stuff goes on sale, uh, whatever you need, if you want to get it fit right, fit for you, fit for your game, make sure you check them out at the Hockey Shop. In Surrey, soon to be Langley. They're moving soon, but for now, the hockey shop in Surrey and thehockeyshop.com. They do set the bar for service and then product availability. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was in there the other day, and uh, as we wrapped up our filming, they opened the store, and there was a kid down there with his mom looking for a mask, and he really wanted, he came in there looking for a, a specific model. And just the reality was, that model wasn't going to fit him. And because it wasn't going to fit him, they had all the sizes for him to try, but because it didn't fit his shape ahead properly, it wasn't going to protect him, right? And so to watch Cam sort of go through that process with both the kid and the mom and get him in something that fit properly, that he was comfortable with, that he liked the look of, that he felt good about, right? Look good, feel good, play good. But that both him and the mom knew as he was moving up to a level where the shots were going to, you know, reach a point where you could end up with a tooth missing like me. Um, you want to have that right fit, that right protection. And sort of just every time I'm in there when something like that happens. Um, yeah. Hey, Cam could have sent that kid out there with the most expensive model because that's what he wanted. And that's what the parents were willing to buy. 
What he ended up getting is going to actually protect him more. And it wasn't quite as expensive as the one he was looking for. So, you know, they don't just chase the biggest sale at the hockey shop. They really do try and outfit you for something that's going to protect you, something that's going to fit you, your size, your style, your game, and where you're at in the game of hockey. From the goat in selection and service uh, to uh, raising uh, the bar uh, on the topic of goaltending instruction and that's Warren Strelo and if you don't know him uh he was sort of uh the, the pioneer when it comes to mainstream uh instruction and goaltending uh tutoring uh way back when Washington Capitals right now he's going to be uh, receiving the Lester Patrick award uh posthumously oh awesome honor yeah and they like said uh probably you know Probably a little late, frankly, to be honest with you. Like, probably should have been recognized a while ago. And I know even here at Ingle, like, we, we've been we've been pumping pretty hard, like, that we need to get a goalie coach in the Hall of Fame. And Francois Lair has always made sense to, because of his impact on the game in Quebec and the way the game was played. You know, I took a good look at it and was reminded when they announced that that Warren would be receiving the Lester Patrick Award posthumously. Um, you know, the achievements. Like, he was, he was the first, right? Like, he was, he was 83. I think he was ahead of... I think he was actually ahead of Francois Lair in terms of the first goalie coach in the NHL who didn't play at a high level. Like he was ahead by a couple of years. Massive impact on the game in the United States. Uh, Miracle on Ice. He was the goalie coach for Herb's Brooks, uh, Herb Brooks' team there. Um, there's, just, there's just so much that he did. His they still the USA Hockey names their goalie, you know, their annual goalie camp uh, after it's the Warren Strelo program, the Warren Strelo camp. He's just had a massive impact. You talk to the guys around San Jose that worked under him. Uh, Seamus Kotick of the Buffalo Sabres, who's done stuff with us at ingolmag.com, one of his mentors because he started in the San Jose organization. Like there's just, he touched so many people and his impact is still being felt at all levels, especially in the United States. And so it was good to see that recognized. And like I said, like, like I'll bang this drum again. We're a couple months ahead of uh, Hall of Fame inductions. I'm hoping Roberto does it too when he's inducted. Uh, it's time we got a goalie coach in there. It's time we added to that list. I, I think Francois Lair and Warren Strelo would be two ideal candidates to be in first. Uh, I'm, my buddy Doug McLean was with the Washington Capitals uh, way back when, and uh, he had a chance to work with Warren Strelo, and it was awesome. The stories uh, going back and forth because it was it was pioneering at that point. You weren't used to having a goaltending coach as a hockey coach, so uh, different things that how they accepted uh, that kind of influence, and then uh, his. Impact on the San Jose Sharks organization, uh, Hutch, uh, New Jersey too, right? Yeah, for one year. Uh, so there's uh, coast to coast, uh, Warren Strelo, and some of the the drills and uh, just the idea to be so open to different and goalies would and coaches would kind of give a sideways glance at times, going, "What are we doing here? What is this guy doing?" But just he he did uh, have. Uh, an idea on drills that we use today that back then were uh, unexpected. Well, and, and sort of thinking about the position scientifically and coming at it from more than just a feel perspective, like sort of in a lot of ways, him and Alaire right around that same time, sort of like the godfathers of modern goaltending coach, like how we approach the position from a coaching perspective now a lot of that started then because nobody else was doing it before they brought it onto the scene. And Strelo was the first, like you said, in the NHL to sort of start to think that way and sort of have it be accepted by mainstream NHL coaches and NHL organizations that, hey, you know, the position is kind of different. Maybe we need to have a different approach to it. 
He deserved to see it. He deserved to uh, revel in the uh, in the accolades that are coming towards him uh, right now, like uh, we are talking about. Uh, Steve Breer is a goaltending coach with the Seattle Kraken. He has a uh, a new position there and uh, a new uh, opportunity to work with the likes of Chris Dreger, but not for a while full time. He is our Sensorina Sensorina VR feature interview. Before we get to that, uh, what's happening over at Sensorina Hutch? Sensorina now has a concussion diagnostic test built in, and this is a great time of year uh, to be doing that, obviously, because the idea with concussion testing, guys, is that you you do a baseline test to see where you are. A lot of teams at higher levels now actually put their players through this with an outside agency, but a lot of uh, hockey players don't have access to this testing. So you do a baseline test to see where your reactions are. Uh, where your memory is and and things like that, then should you sustain some sort of an injury later in the season, you can go back and you can test yourself again and compare uh, where you stand compared to your baseline to see if things really are are right or not and and when you might be safe to return to play. Now, not suggesting that Sense Arena is at all a replacement for working with a, a medical doctor and, and a proper uh, team of people to support a recovery. But in terms of giving parents um, something that they can lean on at home, that they can check at home uh, to support their uh, kids' health in hockey, uh, I think it's a really nice addition to Sense Arena. And of course, like I said, beginning a season right now, great time to get in there and give it a go. So if you are interested in trying Sense Arena, if you're interested in giving the concussion testing a go, as well as all the other incredible drills and opportunities that are available from this uh, groundbreaking training aid, do go to sensearena.com. And uh, grab yourself an annual membership if you use the code IGM50, like in goal mag 50, uh, you'll get um, a discount on top of the great deals that they might have going at the time as well. So that's outstanding. I I will be doing that this afternoon. Just anybody can suffer a concussion. And if you have access to this, get on it. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, I wish we had this a few years ago. I'd like to see just, I'd like to see where my baseline has dropped over yeah. the past decade after a few of these hits. One of the one of the kids uh, from one of the teams I was working with a couple of years ago, they did uh, some baseline testing at the beginning, and one of them was they asked them to say all the months in order backwards. The kid looked at me and said, "I don't know them forwards. How am I supposed <laughs> to do them backwards?" That's awesome. <laughs> That's outstanding. Uh, Chris Dreger is the subject of our feature interview this week. Yeah, a chance to catch up with Chris. Obviously, not as busy as the rest of the Seattle Kraken as they head into their second season. So, thought it'd be a good opportunity. You know, I'd heard I'd heard him talk a little bit about last year. Uh, Seattle was in here in Vancouver late in the season, and we were back not in the rooms, but back having one on one conversations around the rink. And so, I got a chance to catch up with him late last year informally just sort of you know shooting the breeze and catching up and and there was a lot there uh, a lot of lessons learned through a difficult season for him obviously this was before the devastating knee injury I remember watching that gold medal game and watching him yeah. make that save and then seeing him come up and be like like not good um but you know as much as we start talking we start off talking about his recovery process and when he'll be back uh it's when we sort of get into those lessons and there's some really valuable advice here, especially about how we manage our pregame warmup and all those routines that we as goalies tend to get into and sometimes add. Every year we'll add something new and, and sometimes they can get a little unruly. Chris Chris worked with the sports psychologist this year, this year and started to sort of dial some of that back and found that the results were incredible. And the way he approached really thinking through what he was doing 
and trying to identify the purpose in each element in terms of what to keep and what to to get rid of? Well, let's just listen to Chris. I think there's some great advice that a lot of goalies could benefit from. There is a little bit of everything in this feature interview brought to you by Sensorina, Sensorina VR. Really happy to welcome back to the Ingle Radio podcast, Chris Dreger. I, I wish under better, better circumstances, Chris. Um, I think the entire goalie union did a little cringe when they watched the World Championship and the gold medal game. Uh, but we wanted to catch up with you, catch up on the rehab, uh, catch up on last year. I mean, I guess the first thing is, uh, how, how are things feeling now? How How is that rehab process going coming off the ACL tear? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a bummer, especially... You know, I was feeling pretty good in that uh, World Championship tournament and, and in the gold medal game, so it was obviously an unfortunate outcome. But uh, I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling pretty mobile, and uh, I'm, I'm cruising along in my recovery. So feeling great, but um, it's okay. it, it is quite a long process. If that ligament feeling, well, it's not feeling, it, it, it just needs, it needs time to strengthen up and get to a point where uh, it's able to be put in those you know, awkward goalie positions like the reverse age, for instance, uh, or just butterfly in general. So a uh, couple months away from that, but I'm uh, feeling good other other than that. I mean, my, my knee feels good. I, I feel like I have a lot of strength that's come back in the last few months, and I've been running on the treadmill a little bit, so I'm getting around pretty good. So that's positive. It's just just, uh, yeah, got to wait it out and, and uh, let's link it heal. So I'm just kind of, you know, taking it day by day. It's got to be tough, to, especially as the season gets going. Like, do you think you'll get a chance to get on the ice and just skate ahead of Butterfly? Like, is there a process by which you could get out there and do T-pushes and shuffles and move around as long as you don't drop? Or is it going to be wait till it's ready for everything? No, I think, I think you're, I think you're on, on the right track with that. I think the first step is just get out there in a track suit and skate around a little bit. And then that might even be for like a week or two. And then we might start working on the deep pushes and you know, slowly move into the butterflies start ramping, ramping it up from there. But uh, we're still a little ways away from that. I think we're going to reevaluate the whole skating thing in maybe a month, three, yeah, three four weeks from now. And hopefully kind of start slow and ease into it and get me back into shape. But it's, yeah, we still got a little ways before that. Okay, so patience is a big part of goaltending uh, when we're on the ice, off the release, not going early on passes, tracking plays, all those things. How tough is it to be patient right now um, going through the process and going through the rehab? Because, you know, we see a lot of hip surgeries. We, we, we've seen MCL injuries, but ACL is a rare one. And as you said, I, I've been through it myself once. It just takes time. Yeah, I, I think we looked it up, actually. And uh, I, I could be wrong, but I, I think they found three goalies before me in the last, like, 25 years in the NHL that had torn their ACL. So it was pretty rare. But, yeah, I guess it just, you know, it was an unlucky situation. But, yeah, just kind of a unique unique injury. And one of those things where you need to be 100% before you come back. Know, in, in different sports, like football, for example, you know they, they can kind of risk get a little risky and come back early and just put a big brace on, and maybe come back in four or five months. 
but as a goaltender, I mean, my doctors are saying, you know, it's just not, that's not a smart way to do it with the positions that I get into with the knee. So it's going to be a bit of a longer haul. So, and uh, they say, I guess, with the earlier comeback, it's just a direct correlation to higher re injuries. So um, you really right. want to take care of it and, and take the time. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter how great rehab is going. You just need to log the hours uh, or log the days, I should say, months of the ligament uh, getting back to heal. And that's kind of the only way you can really get it uh, in a point where you're pretty confident uh, in, in the ligament strength. Well, and I guess, too, um, those braces you talk about, I've, I've, I've got one buried in the garage uh, for the odd time where I get asked to go play a little basketball. It's the only one where, you know, it's like it's from like the middle of the shin to the middle of the thigh, those giant ACL braces. I can't think, I think Olaf Kolzig might be the only guy I remember actually trying to play goal in one of those. Um, <laughs> is that something you, you, ha- you have to consider? Or are you just going to give it enough time that you don't even have to worry about a brace, like that, that the knee will be fine on its own because you've gone through this process so long? Yeah, we've talked about that a little bit. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but we're thinking I'm going to wear some sort of a brace, but they're kind of getting pretty creative. These companies making braces nowadays, there's some that are worked into your like Under Armour, Armour clothing. So they wow. have them that are a little bit more streamlined and lightweight and maybe would be, you know, possible to do a butterfly in. I don't know how Oli was doing a butterfly in one of those braces. I wore one of those after surgery. There's no chance I put that on under pads. Uh, that would be that'd be ugly. But uh, oh yeah, I mean there's there's no rotation that you you wouldn't be able to sort of rotate your ankle at all. I, I, like I no. like I said, I've had one for years. I've never worn it as a goalie, and I, I I'm with you. I don't know how Oli did it because it's it seems almost impossible to sort of get your ankle down to the ice if it's locked in that thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So no, I, we're gonna try and look at something other solutions but it would be nice to wear maybe something under there just to have a little peace of mind but uh we'll cross with the bridges when we get there and sounds like you're in good hands in terms of them looking after you medically and and with some different options there what what about mindset how are you how are you handling this mentally we've we've talked talked about last year a little bit towards the end of the year you know you and i just at the rink a little bit about some of the adjustments you made as the year went on as you said you were playing so well at the world championship. So I, in, in one way, I guess it must be more frustrating, but at the same time, it, it had to feel good to sort of get there at the end of the season and, and feel good about your game. Where, how have you handled having to sort of have this break from a mental standpoint? Yeah. I mean, I've been talking to my, so we have a new goalie coach, uh, Steve Breer. He was in Toronto for the last time. We know years. him well. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great. He just said to me, he's like, Hey man, like, you know, I've got the video for you, but, my recommendation is you got this opportunity where you're, you know, hurt, like take a break, man. Like just chill out and, you know, just enjoy the time off because, you know, being a, being this league can be, you know, pretty. It's a grind. You know, it's a grind. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I kind of wasn't really thinking, I was kind of itching to get back and he kind of took me and was like, hey, maybe you should just, you know, take this, use this as a mental break. And then, you know, we've got tons of time before I'm going to be in game shape so we can kind of ramp that up closer to, uh, you know, when I'm starting to get back on the ice, we can kind of get back into it and just take you as a mental, you know, a couple of months to recover and, and uh, just, you know, think about some other things and, and just come back refreshed. So, uh, but to your point, you're, you're asking about how I was feeling and, and it was definitely nice, you know, especially 
feel good about my game. So um, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to see the positives of the situation and and just kind of you know when I come back, think about how I was feeling in those moments and get back to my game and, and uh, back to the things that make me successful. Now, did those things shift at all for you this year, Chris? Like, uh, you know, you you come to a new organization, as you said, uh, maybe not uh, the season that anyone had in mind there, um, you know, in terms of what was going on in front of you as well. Um, how, you know, did you have to make adjustments in your game? Were there lessons you learned about the way you were managing things that, you know, I mean, maybe maybe there's some young kids listening right now. They're, they're, they're about to start on a new team and you know, maybe it doesn't, doesn't start as well as they hoped, or maybe it doesn't go as well as their past years had. How you managed it, did you have to avoid chasing changes in your game, or how, how did you kind of approach that? Yeah, well, I think the season kind of started off. I might have, uh, I, you know, typically I'd, I'd had some pretty solid start seasons. I'd come in, I'd have a good, good camp, and uh, just kind of grind from there, and things would go well from the start. This past season kind of went the opposite for me. I kind of had a tough, tough preseason. Uh, I think my sole preseason game I had was against the Oilers' full squad, and we played half of our team, and we just got smoked. I think McDavid had like five points or something, and it was just like, you know, not a great situation. So it was just a bit of a learning, a learning curve for me. I think it kind of knocked me, knocked me off my confidence a little, you know, early, and I was just kind of fighting to get it back. So. You know, that can kind of snowball when you when things aren't going well as a team and you know wins are hard to come by. So um, I think it was it was a great learning experience just to kind of sit back and, and you know not get so worked up in the wins and losses and the numbers and all that and, and just play your game and feel good. So uh, a lot of good lessons that last season. Great quote that Nicky Lauda has uh, the race car driver and he talks about how. You know, winning's great, but you always learn more from losing. So it's kind of one of those seasons um, for all of us, I think. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of what I took out of it. So moving forward, I think we're going to have a, uh, you know, a much better team this year. I mean, some great moves in the offseason. Got a lot of players that are going to help the squad. And um, I think everyone is kind of, uh, you know, a little bit. Everyone's egos are hurt from last season. So I don't think anyone's going to be taking things lightly. Uh, it's going to be all business. And hopefully there's a new, you know, New Kraken squad with a little bit more, uh, you know, more jam, and we we win some more games this year. When you talk about that start and confidence, one of the things that can happen when a season doesn't go the way we want it, you know, team wise, and 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 the impact it has on goaltenders is there can be a tendency to sort of feel like you need to change things, um, and sometimes it's for some guys maybe something does need to change and. But some guys they end up chasing changes and like oh I gotta change I gotta change this I gotta change that versus recognizing the anchors of their game and sort of going back to those. Were there any moments at different times in the season where you were caught in that balance and you know which way did you go or, or what were those anchors that you sort of went back to uh, as the season went on because you finished strong and like you said the World Championships were were there things in your game that you used as anchor points. Or did you find yourself looking for different options as things went on? And, and how did you approach that? Yeah, that's a great question and well put. Um, but yeah, I think when I came into the season, I focused on playing the exact same way that I was playing in Florida and just right. doing things that I had always done the same way. And, uh, you know, that might have, you know, and, and I had the confidence. I, I, you know, I had a couple of good years. And 
had a lot of confidence and, and, and it sort of maybe allowed me to take my foot off the gas a little bit. And um, I think maybe, you know, some complacency snuck in and uh, it was just amplified by um, being on a team that, uh, that wasn't doing so hot. So that, you know, you've really got to be sharp. Uh, I mean, obviously we play at all times, but if you're on a losing team, um, you know, things can get out of hand pretty quick. So it was um, yeah. just a balance of, of, you know, getting that complacency or, you know, getting that complacency out of my game, getting back to what I do best, which is working hard, battling and practice, and then taking that into game and just playing free and, and in the moment and enjoying myself. So it was a bit of a struggle, you know, not winning too many games and trying to stay confident and play freely. Uh, it was a lot easier. You know, we had a pretty good team in Florida. I remember I won one game against the uh, Leafs. Um, I played terrible. I went like, I think five, I think we won an eight to five. Uh, but, you know, you win the game, you're like, ah, you know, <laughs> let's forget about that one and come back and have a great next game, which I did. But, um, you know, you didn't really have that uh, those kind of luxuries. Um, so it was a bit of a bit of a mindset adjustment and, uh, you know, a lot of learn. I was just going to say margin for error too. I mean, not just, you know, I, I won't ask you to say it, but I have the metrics in front of me. Um, you know, some of the, some of the proprietary analytics would tell you that it was a tough environment for goalies in Seattle last year. But the flip side of the coin is like, there wasn't a lot of offense as well. What's the, I ask guys this all the time. What, what's tougher uh, playing behind a team where it's a little loose defensively or playing when you don't think you have a margin for error because, you know, you know, I, I think of John Gibson in Anaheim, you know, talked to Ryan Miller about this as well. When they were down there, like you go into a game thinking one goal is one too many. That's a tough way to play sometimes. Yeah. And it's hard to have that mindset not creep in, um, but it definitely right. does. Right. So it, it just kind of elevates your stress levels, which not how I play my best hockey. And I don't think, you know, many guys play their best hockey when they're, you know, kind of. The, the, the term for a player is gripping your stick too hard. Uh, I mean, to make something up for the goalie's term, but if you're thinking about it too much, you know, and you're saying, well, if I let one back goalie, we're losing, you know, that's not, that's not conducive to good play. So, um, you know, I use the term kind of playing freely, and, and that's kind of what, when I was playing well and I was feeling like myself, I'm playing free and I'm not worried about, you know, the small margin for error, but um, it is difficult. So, um, but that's definitely one area that kind of got exposed, you know, for Ruby and I, I mean, we both, I mean, we've had conversations about this in depth. I was just ruling mentally to, you know, not be able to, you know, let in a, even like a mediocre goal, like, you know, ah, maybe you should have had that one, maybe not, you know, we'll give it to them this year. It was like, none of that. If we had that, we were, you know, one of those go in and, you know, there's a pretty good chance we're losing. So, uh, it was, I think I think it's gonna gonna benefit us in the long term for sure uh, because we just need to not think like that, you know. For me personally, like you just gotta say, you know, every after every goal, just release it, you know, just play, you know, don't think about you know those uh, external factors. So um, easy to say, right. harder to do in practice, but you gotta go through it uh, sometimes in order to get better at at uh, you know dealing with those situations. Well, there's a goalie coach up here who always says, and he used to talk about gripping the stick, but like tension 
is the enemy of goaltending. And and if you're right. if you're out there playing tense, it's you know like you talk about playing freely, hard to do if you're tensed up and thinking about all those things. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, I wanted to ask you real quick too. Like I I I read I think I read a story. I heard an interview where you were talking because. When we had you on last time, you got so in-depth with us about your preparation and how your preparation had changed and all the different things that you did to get ready for a practice or a game. But I heard that maybe you'd altered that. Maybe you'd had to take some things out and simplify some things. Can you walk us through? Because we see that a lot. And that's this one thing we're guilty of at Angle. We always, like, we, we always look for all the new things that goalies are doing, but we throw so much of that stuff at these young goalies. If they were to try and do them all, They'd be exhausted before the puck ever drops. It sounds like maybe you had to get rid of a few things or simplify your process pregame. Can you share that with us? Yeah. Well, I so one of the things I did. Uh, I remember we were playing a game uh, against Senators, and it was just a gross game. We were down three nothing, uh, and I think halfway through the second, and I'm like, eek demoralization at this point. I'm like, you know, we're losing. Ottawa was worse than us. They're like one of the teams that was lower than in the standings than us. And we're down three nothing halfway through the second. And somehow we end up tying it up like late the third, uh, to make it three to three. And then so I'm like, oh maybe we have a chance. And then only to lose in overtime. And I I was like, okay, like we gotta I wasn't happy with my performance at all. You know, just kind of like one of those like rock bottom kind of Experiences and I, and I, so I was like, okay, something's got to change here. I'm not myself. I'm not playing well. So I, I reached out, uh, or a teammate of mine. I remember him talking to a, a, uh, psychologist. Um, and so I reached out to him, got her information, and so we started talking, working together a little bit. And, um, she just put things into perspective of, of, yeah, like what you said, just kind of simplifying, you know, some different things and just taking a little bit more thought into my pregame and what's working, what's not working, and just like talking through it with her and my preparation and how was I feeling and, you know, what, you know, what was I feeling in these certain situations and how can we change that and what's productive, what's not. And just talking it through with someone was so uh, beneficial. I think I... I think I went on like a four game, I don't know if it was a winning streak, a performance of, of you know, stopping more than every, you know, 12 shots kind of thing. Uh, playing really, really good hockey as soon as I started talking to her. And I was really happy with my game kind of after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny how your, your routine, it's something that you have a lot of confidence in, but sometimes if it's not working, you know, you just have to take a look at it and, you know, tweak some things and, you know, not completely throw it in the trash and rebuild it from scratch, but, you know, maybe make some alterations. And, and uh, that's kind of what I did. And, and uh, having a little bit of novelty kind of made me think, you know, a little bit more focused. It wasn't just like blind routine for me. I was kind of like, okay, this is going to make me a little bit more focused. I like this. I feel more prepared. And then that extra sense of confidence, I think, translated. Uh, into my next couple of performances there. So um, that's something that I did, and um, I'm glad I did. And, uh, you know, I'm probably going to continue to work with her uh, you know, as soon as I start playing again. That's interesting. I think we can get to a point as goalies where, you know, we do things for a long time and we just keep doing them because we've always done them. It sounds like you really had to have a think through with her 
what you did and why you did each piece and, and maybe streamlined it that way. I, I bet you there's a lot of goalies out there right now that be like, yeah, I've just always done this and this is what I do as opposed to, okay, why do I do this piece? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was really helpful to me. Um, and I, and I do think through a lot of my processes, but you know, initially, but it's good to go back and just go back to the drawing board, especially when you're not feeling like yourself. Right. Because the whole point of your routine is to get you to feel good, right? If you go into the games and you're not feeling good, then, you know, obviously something needs to be tweaked. So that's what we did. And, and I got to the, I did end up getting to the point where I'm, I felt free, felt loose, felt like myself. I can just go out there and play. And that's what I ended up having, you know, being back to my usual self and back to, you know, feeling like the goalie that I, you know, I'm capable of being. Now, obviously it's personal, but is there anyone that you kept or threw away that you could share? <laughs> this is like seven or eight months no. ago now, so I'm trying to re- trying to remember the details. <laughs> um, I actually went through and wrote a bunch of notes on this, so I, I need to reopen my notebooks. But uh, I, I do remember did, did that, that, I, that's a that's a process that helps too, like just journaling and putting it yeah. down on paper. We've talked to a lot of goalies that have added that in the last couple of years because then they remember the sense of purpose that that each each sort of piece has. Yeah, I am terrible at writing stuff down but i really try to <laughs> improve at it but uh it is something that when i'm when i'm I, i've started more lately when something that i'm doing i know is really helping me I, i'll try i'll write it down if i'm really reading a really good book that's like opening my mind to different ideas that i had thought about i'll take notes about it or in, in this situation talking with uh my my psychologist she was unbelievable so we would write things down and she gave me like a little sheet and, and really just things that different categories um but one of the things uh, to your question that i took out was i'm a big uh two touch player before the game and uh yeah i was noticing sometimes and i love playing it but i was noticing sometimes if i played a little too much i would you know I would it would tire me out mentally um, if I if I went over a certain point. So I I kind of would start just setting a little timer for myself on my Apple Watch and be like, okay, you're playing this you know this long, and then that's it. And then you're gonna go and you're gonna focus up and save your energy for the game. And that was just a small tweak that made me feel great because sometimes I would get carried away and, and too judge. I'd be playing well and you know, win a couple games and then all of a sudden you're like playing until you got to get warmed up. And, uh, it's just, you know, I would notice after like getting my gear on, like, Oh, you know, I'm kind of mentally been out of it. So, uh, not the, not the mental state that I'm looking for, you know, putting my gear on going out warm up. So, um, that was one of the tweets that I, I recall making. And then there's some other mental ones, um, that just go soft offices, but I, they're kind of on the, my tongue, but I, I would need to open my notebook to really remember exactly what we uh, what we tweeted. Well, well, you know what? I tell you what. That's for another day when you're back on the ice and traveling, and we see you up in here in Vancouver. I might hold you to bring in that notebook so we can we can get a few. But I think that just that advice alone, Chris, is fantastic for people to you know young goalies out there that develop these routines. And sometimes you know they get long and intricate and. Hey, like, have a thought. Why are we doing this? Like, like, is there a reason here? Are there negatives yeah. that that you're experiencing? I think there's tons of positives there. I'm gonna let you go, but I gotta ask one more. With all this extra time, 
uh, that you've got before you get back on the ice. Is there, uh, like, like, is there any way you can improve on last year's set? Like, have you got something in mind for best setup in the league? Cause I know Hel- Helberg kind of raised the bar with the Bryans there, but your set last year might've been one of the, one of the prettiest we've seen in a long time and the perfect team theme. Have you thought about gear this year? All the gearheads want to know. <laughs> well, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm, I'm as of now, I'm sticking with the same stuff. So, um, Hey, if it, it, if it looks it. that good, I'd stick with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do like using the same stuff for a couple of seasons in a row. Then, then you kind of have a look, you know, that's yours. Iconic. Uh, but uh, at some point, I, I will, uh, you know, put my head together with the designer over at Mon, and we'll get something else cooked up. But I think for now, we have a design that I, I'm happy with, uh, with the Kraken. And uh, I think we're going to stick with that for now. Uh, like I said, when it looks that good, why would you switch it up? It was uh, it was a heck of a setup. So, and hey, listen, like iconic, right? Like we like the old days. Like Felix Potvan looked the same, right? So why not build a brand? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. No, I I, I like it. It's a ton of fun working and uh, you know creating your own design. So I had a blast doing it. I'm lucky lucky to be able to do that. So it's definitely one of the perks of uh, the Goldenegger edition. Probably my favorite part. That's the helmet. I mean, you just can't beat it. Yeah, see, that's why we all love the position, and we love guys that love love it for the same reasons. Chris, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us at Ingle Magazine and Ingle Radio Podcast today. Uh, all the best. It continued with the rehab. I apologize for interrupting the mental break before Briere starts pumping you full of videos. I, I've I've brought you back into the goalie world when you're supposed no. to be disengaging. Um, but you know our audience loves it. hearing from you. Yeah, no, it's good to get back in. Great chat with you, Kevin. As always, I'm sure I'll see you soon. I just love when you guys catch up with him. He's just a fun guy to listen to. It can it can go any different direction at any time with Chris. No, he's just he's a really thoughtful guy. And so, you know, like remember his our first interview with him? Like that was an yeah. hour. I promised him it wouldn't be a life story one this time. Um, but we got into it a little maybe a little longer than than he had planned. He was as you can hear, he was in the car. Um, after he did all his rehab work, him, him and his fiance were on their way to enjoy a nice weekend, sort of away from the rink. And, uh, I interrupted that. So, um, <laughs> and, and I think, uh, I was planning on like 20 minutes. We got near 30. I think maybe he had to get off the line cause he was almost at the border and had to answer some questions. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, but it, it can just go anywhere. Like you said, and, and no matter where you go with Chris, he's got insightful answers. So look forward to him getting back on the ice. And I uh, look forward to catching up with him at the rink so we can run back some pro reads on on his season last year. I'd love that, getting to Canadian Customs at the border crossing. And the agent says, uh, purpose of your visit, uh, going for a way for a weekend. Uh, can you get off the phone, sir? Uh, no, Kev, Kev's just got one more. I, no, I can't. He, well, I and was then, just thinking, can you imagine if Kevin worked as a border agent? Just just one more? One yeah, more. yeah, yeah. Just one more question, sir. Just one more question. The lineup yeah. of the border yeah. crossing. <laughs> what, why are there only five cars in every line except this one has 60? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the agent would just uh, just wave him through if he knew Kevin was on the phone with just one more. He'd just go, go. You'll still be on the phone when you come back, so we'll be able That's to, right. the, the Americans will be able to uh, catch up with you. Uh, I liked what he said about maintaining the kit, though, and, and the look. Uh, 
for uh, multiple years. I love that idea. Iconic, baby. Get a little Felix Potvin going in there. A little, you know, like this is yeah. Chris Dreger, uh, Henrik Lundqvist with his gear. I love it. I, lo- I love that idea. Hutch, like sticking with something. And, and it's what Vasilevsky said about his mask, that he, that he wants to have that, uh, that consistent look. That, that's yeah, two I weeks guess, in a row that we've heard that. It's true. I guess there's a couple of different, you know, looks at that. I, I, I love the concept. And Felix was a guy I'd love to watch play. I have a set of co-hos that look just like his um, here at the house. Uh, so I do love the iconic look. At the same time, just like we were talking before about beer leaguers wouldn't let their kids design their gear. I don't know if I'd give up that opportunity to have something new every season. What can I come up with this year? How can I top last year? So, yeah, there's. I think there's something for everybody out there. And, and what a, a time we live in that we have these opportunities. I mean, when those looks came, that was... I know they weren't just following the pattern of of like the stock design on graphics when Felix did this, but so many guys were following stock designs. Uh, the, the opportunity to do that today and just the world's your oyster from a design perspective is just, uh, we're very lucky to be around right now and, enjoying this. Kid. And I, I, I mentioned Magnus Helberg in the interview with Chris and did mm-hmm. we didn't mention him at mm-hmm. the start of this when we we're talking about the best setups like we all saw that setup in the summer when brian sort of debuted it on their instagram account sort of just pictures of the gear seeing it on the ice in action if you haven't yet make sure you go online and find pictures of magnus helberg and his seattle Kraken gear it is unbelievable much like when he went to yeah. detroit at the end of last season like just man like knocked that out of the park pops right just it's simple, but it's intricate is the best way well, and you, to describe and it. And you know what it is, even if, yeah. you, even if you're sitting in the last row in the upper deck. Yeah. yeah, it's like we talk about with mask designs, right? Big and bold or intricate. That one strikes a really nice balance. Awesome stuff. Uh, thanks to Chris Dreger for being our feature interview brought to you by Sensorina, Sensorina VR. What's going on at uh, In Goal right now, Hutch? There's lots of great stuff up there, and we hope everybody will uh, hop on over, as we say all the time. If you are looking for a way to help your young goaltender become uh, a better goaltender and enjoy more about the game, head over to InGoal and become an annual member. It's like 36 bucks American. It's 50 bucks Canadian. It's an incredible deal for some great training, and there's some great stuff up there today. Um, James Reimer and Thomas Spear. Thomas Spear is the new goaltending coach for the San Jose Sharks. Um, they go through a drill that we got to observe up at net 360, just a little tip there for improving your rotation, uh, in your warm-up skating drills. Do encourage people to check that out, uh, from pro read perspective, one that we would all love to know, what is it like to face Ovi's one-timer? Freddie Anderson breaks that down for us and some of the things he does to try and make a save. And, uh, and then we... Continue, I guess, finish up the series with uh, Richard Bachman and uh, my son going over um, some rush attacks and some post-entry options. Uh, there's four different articles in that series, about an hour of video, so encourage people to go check that out. There's just something for everybody, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, you know what? Something for everybody. I got this note from a, a goalie coach. I didn't ask him for permission to use his name, so I'll hold off on that. But he coaches Junior A. Um, so, you know, high level, a bunch of kids going off to the NCAA after working with him, works with a number of guys up in, up, up in here in BC, up in the interior. Uh, and we were just sort of going back and forth about the value 
Uh, there's been a lot of talk around about uh, you know how expensive goalie coaching can be and and how tough it is. The value that we're able to bring at ingoalmag.com through our relationships with places like Net360, um, you know, which is an invitation agency camp. But we are able to bring all that instruction with NHL goalies and NHL goalie coaches. And so, you know, his note to me was one of the biggest parts of my development plan is getting anyone and everyone to sign up for InGoal. Greatest goalie resource in the world. I tell them to watch a pro read every day. It's the best way to build goalie IQ. So, uh, yeah, wow. hey, patting ourselves on the back for sure. But that's what a junior A goalie coach feels. And, and a guy who does a lot of privates with high end goalie feels about InGoal Mag. 50 bucks a year, it's like, less than a skate sharpening card. So uh, Canadian too. So as Hutch said, it's practically free in the US. So make sure you check it out in goalmag.com. And we'll, you know, now, the beauty now is we can start having a little fun. Now I'm not back in the, I'm back in the rink, Darren, but I'm not back in the room. The Canucks have renovations going on here. That's going to keep the media out of the locker room, probably until they get back from their first road trip. So kind of sucks because I'm watching all these videos of guys in the room showing off their gear, but this is what we're going to be doing once we are back in the room. Like, yeah, it's great to have a shot of the gear, but we're going to be asking the goalies, you know, hey, you see Saros, why do you got a batting glove under your under your catching glove? Um, so these are some of the things we've done in the past that we'll start bringing to you, you know, for the first time in a couple of years because of the pandemic and not being allowed to be in the locker room. So I cannot wait to get back in there with NHL goalies and bring that content to our readers at ingoalmag.com. I have a favor to ask of everybody. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, I would really appreciate it if you would go in there, rate the In Goal Radio podcast, and if you can, leave a comment as well, like one I noticed this week. It was left on uh, the 15th, and I don't know the name. The The user handle is GenMX, and uh, it's a goalie parent. So addictive, so good, and fortunately, not unhealthy. As a mom of a 14-year-old competitive goalie, I have to stay up to speed on goalie speak. There's Darren's dictionary coming into this, I guess. Goalie equipment, goalie goals, that list is endless. I did not grow up in Canada and I never played hockey, so this podcast is my go to. Always great interviews, equipment reviews, and insider info never disappoints. Jen, thank you so much for leaving that comment and would really appreciate it if a few other people who enjoy the podcast would hop in there and share their thoughts too. What a testimonial. How great is that? I love it. Yes. Uh, can I go in and leave a comment? You sure can. Yeah. Yeah. Love the show. Just except for that Woody and Hutch guy, but the host is awesome. <laughs> Darren in Vegas. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> At least not to you. <laughs> Woody. I'm speechless. I, yeah, I got, I got nothing. Never, never. I feel like we missed uh, an opportunity with segments on this program because we could have had just one more, just one more with Woody and and tag well, that when he's in. back in the locker room that could be a separate yeah, segment just, yeah just one more just one more brought to you by fill in the blank that would be outstanding would and woody it's it's an organic segment oh yeah listen i'm already thinking about sponsorship for this one hey how's your uh your men's league going uh, you're back you're back in the ice everything uh adapting well uh i'm surviving really yeah not well, but I'm surprised. No, I wouldn't say worth it. I'm very, I'm very happy to to have you back on the ice. I, I love it on a regular basis, not just once every every four months. I'm, uh, I'm it's pumped for you. Three and four starting tonight. I'm filling in, really filling in tonight in a Div Two game. 
uh, tomorrow off, Monday night skate on Monday, which has gotten crazy fast. And then Tuesday is my, my old man beer league. Nice. So got some things to sort of push me and then just try and have fun at my old man skate. Got to, got to talk to management, Woody. You can't be running the starter out there three and four. It's just not good come the end of the season. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. You can't, you can't pass up the opportunity to put those two points in the bank early. You don't want to be playing catch up later. So that's why he's playing three and four to start. Just pushing him hard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really pushing him hard. Uh, good luck, Woody. Play well, my friend. I will. I will try. They're the co-founders of In Goal Magazine, Kevin Woodley and David Hutchison. Thanks to Cam over at the Hockey Shop, Source for Sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com, as well as Chris Dreger from the Seattle Kraken. Hope you enjoyed it. Can't wait to talk to you next week on In Goal Radio, the podcast.